There is no doubt the world is facing daunting challenges these days. Look around. We have reached a critical point in human history. Old leadership models, beliefs, and behaviors are no longer working. Centuries of emasculation have brought us to the brink. Men need help, and who better to help us but the women? This is well. The Women's Expressions on Leadership, Learning, and Liberty podcast show, and I'm its host, John Krotek. My guests are accomplished and intelligent women who share not only their personal stories, but give us valuable insights and perspectives on the leadership challenges men face. In a world still dominated primarily by men, these honest perspectives can be a genuine catalyst for male leadership improvement. By exploring possibilities and opportunities for self-improvement and transformation, we offer men hope in an ever-changing, fast-paced, complex world. Thank you for listening and for your support. Lead on. I am really excited for this episode of The Well Podcast. Um, This person, Anya Peshko, uh, reached out to me on LinkedIn, which is a great place to network and to meet interesting and successful and capable people. And, and she's got one heck of a story, but even more so, she's working on um, things and subjects and programs and methods that are so badly needed. I'm going to do an introduction uh, based on her bio, and then we really want to hear about Anya. So let me tell you, this is really cool. She is, Anya Peshko is a digital wellness coach. And I have to admit, she's the first one that I've ever met. But if we had more digital coaches, wellness coaches, I know that we could navigate this world much better and healthier. She's also the founder of Project B. And we'll have all that information in the notes. But it is a platform that raises awareness about the growing dangers of media and digital attachment. (laughs) Wow, that's huge. Some of her skills, she's got many, include team leadership, organizational workflow, and project management. She's committed to creating the conditions necessary for human relationships, healthy ones, communities, and personal well-being to thrive in this digital age, which has got everybody just bouncing off the walls, so to speak. She's also the creator, and this sounds really interesting, and you need to check this out if it sounds like something you'd like to do, but she's created the Digital Wellness for Families course. (laughs) I could see a lot of use for that, and so many families that I know where computers and technology have gotten in the way of moms and dads and sons and daughters and everybody in the family. This is an eight-week course online designed to teach parents and families how to live more authentic and connected lives by spending less time with technology. (laughs) Love it. After spending 25 years as a real estate broker and corporate consultant, where she helped businesses and leaders transform professional work environments physically, digitally, and socially to build more human-centered business cultures and achieve greater business impacts. It's a lot of words there, but so meaningful and so needed. With a focus on human thriving 
Imagine that somebody that really wants others to thrive. Mm. Love it. Anya is also the founder of DEST, DEST, a social community centered around real human interactions. So enough of my introduction here. Let's get to this. This is this is really nice. Welcome to the show, Anya. Oh my God, John, that was amazing. You are going to have to read and do an intro at every podcast. And every interview I do from now on, that was really well done. Thank you so much. Well, it's well-deserved. I'm so intrigued. I'm so grateful that you reached out to me because the couple of conversations I want people to know that Anya and I have had have been at a very high level. doesn't mean that we're better. We're just thinking. And and that's what we need to do more of. But, you know, enough about me. I I really want to know more about you and how you got to where you're at. I know you recently moved, but you, you know, t- tell us about that, that, that life. So, um, you know, I, I, I wrote, I put together my bio and after hearing you read it, you know, I just kind of hear how the humanity and social component, you know, how it jumps off the page. So um, being connected to other human beings is really important, um, not just to my work, but to my being. Um, and so with, uh, Project B and what, what I do in my work, kind of my elevator quick pitch is that I help I give I help people gain control of their time. And so I give them back their time. And um, it's accumulative. We spend over 100 days each year on our phones, which is an incredible, you know, it's three months of every year that we're connected to technology. And so these are really kind of, you know, these are real numbers and it's just the way of life. As far as my background, um, I was raised in communist Russia in a Soviet system and I came to the United States um, at 11. I am, I love America and, you know, I'm a patriot. And so I'm really proud to be here. And so one of the, one of the ways in which, you know, in in how I set up my platform is by kind of um, going back into how I was raised, which is, which was completely analog. We did not have, not only did we not have a digital capacity for anything, we didn't have Walkmans, we really didn't have TVs, we didn't have kids content, but we really didn't have that many toys as kids. Mm. And so we grew up, I grew up in what um, is, is called free range parenting, right? So we had complete autonomy in how we as kids function and live in a sense that we had a home and it was safe and there was food, but everything else, we kind of really um, had a freedom to express being a kid and what it meant and there was a barrier in how we were raised between adults and children. And so now when part of what I do is I help people disconnect from technology and a lot of people I work with are parents. And so I kind of view this different way in which I have grown up completely detached from any one thing. And so you have this really real experience as a child, which is what we lack today, I think, in our social connection. So not not social online, social in real life. And so I launched my platform in um, 
at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And then we went into lockdown. So it became really tricky to talk to people about abstaining from technology. And so now we're almost three years into this new world in which we live in. And so I've noticed some of the ways, some of the generational differences in which the technology has affected each and every one of us and how that has shaped our current, our current way of life. And so one of the things I think that is happening and why the world is kind of falling in a sense of mental health disconnect, this inability to be together is that we now live in a computer. And so our reaction, our reaction time, our attention span, our ability to connect to each other is really altered because we are now just just right now the way you and I are speaking where it, it's this it's the you know through the technology and so it takes away um, this real human impact that humanity that, that you actually need. You know? Yeah, I mean we need this. This is why we you know uh, we're sick. If you you know if you if you ask what the harshest punishment for men is um it's isolation and solitary confinement and i think in the last three years you know so i have like a really mixed opinion about this on one hand i think that if we didn't have the iphone for as long as we do since 2007 we would have a lot more casualties in the last couple of years because i think people wouldn't have been able to been so isolated without having the phone and without having all these years to get used to being with the phone. I think the technology saved a lot of people. Listen, including mm -hmm. myself, you know, I moved here from New York City to Charleston in July of 2020. And so by the time I got here, it was a severe lockdown. I really didn't know anybody. Everybody were in a pod and I wasn't. And so my only connection to other people was through Zoom. And, and it, you know, I think it's, it, it, you know, it, it's really telling what the technology has done to us now that, I'm, you know, we're kind of like seeing what the, you know, effects of all of this have been. And so, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I, I just, you know, you've, I'm, I'm always making notes, but you've, you've touched upon a lot of subjects that, that are that are very relevant and you know and and you you know on what you're doing you almost feel it you know and even the physiological psychological and emotional is one thing but the physical you know that the dopamine spikes that add to the cortisol that increase stress that add to the depression and then instant gratification and i've got power at my pop you know at my fingertips you know and i just you know and i want you to get back to it but the way you were raised the way i was raised in the states i'm a little bit older than you i think probably a lot but um i had we had some technology right and so but we did learn resourcefulness you know without the adults around we we learned how to fend for ourselves which is what i hear happened to you in russia this free range you guys kind of just did things without without the adults around is that true well, well, here's what's happened in America in the last 50 years. America has eradicated uh, child's play, right? And so right. I had a client text me a message today of her son um, riding a bike. You know, he's 10, 11. He had a watermelon on his head. 
the size of the helmet, the kid was about, I mean, it was obvious that the um, helmet was too heavy. And so I texted her and I said, does he have to wear a helmet? She was just showing me that he was riding a bike to school. And she said, yes, you're right. The ground is really smooth, but it's mandatory by school. Now, you know, he's riding on the flat surface, you know, it, it's a thousand feet. He, he's not going to fall. But if he is, he's not going to hurt himself. But so now what we have done is we put this helmet on him. And so his balance is really off. It's covering his eyes. I mean, I could see it. He's not able to balance on a bike because he has this huge helmet on. And if the wind blows, it'll blow him top over. Yeah. Right. And so, and so I'm thinking to myself, did I have a helmet growing up? No, <laughs> nobody. We didn't have seatbelts in cars. It just, my mom, when I was little, my mother, she tells me this. I don't remember. I was, I was four months old and we were upstate. She got into a fight with her mother, my grandmother, my grandfather. She called him. He picked her up. They were driving back. It was nighttime. He saw a moose. He crashed into the moose. And I said to my mother, was I okay? And she said, yeah. And I said, where was I? My mother went head and first into the windshield. And so she shielded me with her body. She wasn't in a seatbelt. And I and I said to her, I wasn't in a car seat. And she said, there were no car seats. Yeah. Like, right. So, and I'm not, you know, you're right. I'm not as old as you, right. So that, so for me, can you imagine where you had technology, but I didn't. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I, and I think about that, you know, like when the power goes out, right. Or let's say Super Bowl Sunday, the, the power is out. People literally freak out. I know. It's all, you know, it's like, it's like, it's this umbilical cord to something that's not real. Well, because that's where we live now. That's the technology, right? It's, so that, that device takes away our ability to experience things in, in a real, in real time and real life things, experiences, weddings, funerals, schools. I mean, you know, I talk to people all the time about this. If I am at dinner with someone, I don't understand how can I be less important than somebody and that device who's not even there. And so now what we've done is, you know, we don't have the phones, we have the watches. <laughs> and so you can be talking to someone and you just like, like you have it, you know, it's this incredible conversation. You guys are, you know, going back and forth. It's like a game of ping pong. And all of a sudden it's this. And that's it. The person looks back at you and you continue speaking, but you can see that their mind is somewhere else. And so because of the work I do, I know that it's once interrupted, once a thought, a task and a, you know whatever it is you're you're working on once you're interrupted it takes us 20 between 23 and 25 minutes to get back into that original task because the brain has to recalibrate right because we are not i am not an app right and so one of the things what i talk to people about about and why i draw so much from how i grew up um, I read a lot, my, my, you know, I was very lucky. I had a grandmother, not the grandmother that 
I told you about earlier now that but she taught she taught me how to read she taught me the love of books and she used to read to me and so what reading does is it helps with our critical and cognitive thinking and so the way I think the way most people think the way we used to think is you're thinking about something right so I can say to you you know apples fell from the sky today and you're going to sit down and you're going to say, okay, in what scenario could this have happened? Oh, what if I sat under a tree? Right? No, no, exactly. But, but we I'm... don't do that. And so we've lost. And so what's happening, our human experience, this connection, um, it's broken, right? It, it's not working right. Well, that's, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned critical thinking and I couldn't agree with you more on it that we're not thinking. And when you don't think you're not using reason and logic, you're just taking in input and you're probably going to react to it the way the input's given to you. It's reactive. You know, so it's reactive. And so, so what, what, what I see in a larger sense is that common sense, in a larger sense, common sense just evaporates. And can you imagine, because it's the line of business, but I can't even imagine people that are so, um, well, I, I guess I could, that are so addicted to technology that they actually have physiological and emotional issues because of it. You see that, right? Well, that's our youth right now. Yeah. And you know what's more? So right now, what was I listening to earlier today? Um, oh, I was listening uh, Matt Dillon of Babylon B on Joe Rogan. So, <laughs> so now, um, so with TikTok, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know if, if I told you this, I don't know if your listeners know that know this, but so TikTok is a Chinese app. And China, in China, that is a state app, as everything is, and that app is used for propaganda, science, and kind of news between 6 and 9 p.m. That's it. So it's not a 24-hour access app. And there's no there's no dancing. There are no pictures. It, 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 it's not a site that it is in America. In America, we have kids gluing their tongues to walls as these challenges. It's 24 hours a day. It's and you know some of some content is great. People tell me I've never used it. Um, I will never use this app. Uh, if you read TikTok's manual, like their their user rights, it is insane. So once you download TikTok on your phone, first of all, the microphone is on, so it records everything you do. And you know I know Google does, but at least that's an American company. This is China. And another thing that they do, they copy all of your keystrokes in the phone. That you have access to photos. They have access to Chinese, the Chinese government has access to all of the data on, on children's phones, on their parents' phones. It goes through the system. That is unbelievable for me personally. That is a huge invasion of privacy. Right. Absolutely. It's 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 it's, 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 it's definitely like you just keep saying it's a Chinese communist state owned right. platform and, that says and, it all. And so now we've our our youth is addicted to it so much that Instagram 
is it's become TikTok has become much more popular than Instagram. So what Instagram is now has done, if you log into, and I don't know this, but Tom, Tim Dillon was talking about this. If you log into Instagram and you'll go to post, it used to be post a picture. That's what Instagram was for. But now it's reels, you know, little short films, which is what TikTok does. So they're going to try to compete with TikTok. Right. And so what it does is, you know, I don't know if we talked about this before, for all the parents out there whose children are on their phones, whether it's TikTok, social media, or any type of content, it is the same as giving them beer. And when I talk about it, what does that mean? There is a reason that in America, we have a 21-year-old limit on age drink. And that's the age that you can drink alcohol. The reason for that is because the frontal cortex doesn't fully harden till 25. And so if you give a 16-year-old beer, they're going to get much more intoxicated than a 26 would be because the gray matter with which the alcohol penetrates through is much thinner. And so now we have that with technology. Hmm. So the children all the stimulation that they see on the screen, the movement, the noise, the colors, the, the buttons, the lights, it's just way too much stimulation for a small underdeveloped brain, which should be developing by, you know how kids used to play, you know, like the little circle you put on the stick and then the cubes, right? That's how you learn shapes. It's cognitive, and, cognitive learning, uh, yes. And so, you know, like script, you know, this is so interesting. Nobody, you know, I have a lot of younger friends. They're in their 30s. None of them can read script. And so if you say to them, what they'll say, like, what do I need it? I don't write. They don't write. They text. Well, studies show that by learning script, that's where you train your cognitive and critical thinking, right? Because it's movement, it's penmanship, it's there's, it, it's. Well, it's, I know what you're saying. It's it's like you take so you take your soul, your spirit, your, and then it goes to the brain, and then the brain goes to the hand and the pen, and then you write the script. And it's a system. It's a it's a process. Yes, it's 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 common sense. It's that's how you learn. You you know we you and I have common sense. I think the older generation has more common sense, but you but you get common sense by experience and kind of failing and falling off the bike. You know, we fall off the bike, we break an arm, we try not to fall off the bike anymore. It's but true, now, you know. Yeah, and then, gosh, you know, you're you're bringing the light. You know, one thing that you said that the studies showed that the average person in a technological world that uses digital tools spends three months a year if they were if they were to Adam, yeah adam yeah. Walter's book irresistible so think about this i mean i'm sure you have we're always thinking right imagine that goes on for let's just say 20 years right and you get at the end and you look back and you have years and years and years of your life that you have spent in the digital world yeah, but you have all these Instagram pictures and all these likes. Yeah, yeah. I know you're being facetious, but 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 you know, but you know what I'm saying. It's it just, you know, so so 
what can people do? First of all, a couple of things. What what are the symptoms? Let's say you're a parent. And what are the symptoms that some child's really got a, a problem? And then what are some of the things that, you know, without giving away the course, but I mean, what are some of the things that people can do to help that child? But also what can the person do to, to, to wean themselves off of this stuff? So if you take the technology away from your child, your boy, your little boy, your little girl, and they get and in, go into an hysterical fit. That's the sign of addiction. That's dopamine. It's it would be the same thing if you took alcohol out of somebody who's drinking. They would get really right. So that's the tamper tantrum. That's the addiction. So that's how you see if they're addicted. It would be the same thing for a person. You know, have people leave their phones in their bedroom for the first half an hour of their day. See if they can do it. If they can do it, they're good. See if they can see if people spend one day not taking their phone to the bathroom with them. You know, and if one they day. can't, yeah, one day. If they can't, then then there's. And there's excuse an issue. me, I love when people are like, did you wash your hands? They go into the bathroom. They take their phone out. They put it on God knows what. Then they pick it up. They hold it with their teeth. They wash their hands, and then they grab that phone <sighs> and they put it on their. I, I love it. You know, so so those are all the signs, right? Like, can 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 I just put this thing down for any significant amount of time without you know feeling uncomfortable and feeling that you're missing something out? So that's like the first is these first minutes. Um, second of all, I think it's it's just some small things. Um, I think no phones when you're talking when you're having dinner with someone um, at, at all. I think that's a really good, you know, be present for yourself, for the experience, for going out. Everything's very expensive now. You're going to a nice restaurant. Enjoy it. You know, it, it, it's costing you $38 for a chicken parm. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Eat it slowly and, you know, enjoy it. Just that's one. Uh, second of all, I, I really tell, I tell this to couples and friends, like, don't text each other throughout the day. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Keep that for dinner, you know, sit down and have a conversation. You know, how was your day? What? No, really? Oh my God. That's an have a conversation. You know, obviously if you need, you know, pick up sugar or whatever, pick this up, no problem, but have these. And the same thing with friends. There's no reason to have these. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay, great. Catch, catch you tomorrow. That's not a, you know, that's not a connection. Um, that's, that's not, um, that's really taking away a lot. Everything is kind of silly on the phone. So I think that's really important. I think for kids, it's really important to be engaged in real life activities. Um, I think children learn self-confidence by contributing into the world. And so I think having children participate in their upkeep, Help with the dog, you know, go walk the dog. If it's too big, you can't go outside. Fill the dog's bowl with water. Flavor the dog. Put your laundry in a basket. Always, always, always make your bed in the morning. Um, you know, my grandmother taught this to me when I was very young. I remember asking her why we have to do it. I never understood, like, because why we have to make the bed when we get to sleep in it at night. <laughs> I just remember debating her on it while making the bed. And, you know, I have been making my bed 
every, you know, every morning I wake up and I get a cup of coffee and then I kind of go lay down and I get up and I make my bed and I think of these simple things of how, you know, we, we've stopped doing stuff. Um, I think cooking is incredibly important. I think have I think teaching your kids how to cook is incredibly important. If you don't know how to cook, there's an incredible book that I recommend by Jamie Oliver. It's a five ingredient book. It is in, you know, every recipe has five ingredients. It is incredible. And it's really great to do with children. Um, it's really great to do with children because it engages them and it shows them, it teaches them a skill and it shows them what nutrition is. And it's, it takes time. It takes time to open the book, write the recipe out, go to the store, buy the groceries, come back. That's how we used to live. And there are lessons learned in all of this. It's, it's really beautiful. No, you know what I'm getting from you? This is really nice. Learn to be human again. Yeah, like what I'm yeah. talking about is not very, when people meet me like, oh, you know, what do you do? It's like, I tell people to take bigger breaths <laughs> and to walk around outside anymore without their buds in, yeah. right? Because yeah. when we walk outside and we cover our ears, we are completely disconnected from nature and Everything that we are connected to, the earth, the birds, the sky, the wind. And, you know, there's all these studies. And, and you know, John, I'd never thought I'd be this person to say all this. But there are studies because I read them and I've experienced myself that talk about the healing of sound. Because it's real. Because our brain, that calmness, right, when we listen to the sound, that's the meditation. So no, you Right. That's that's true. You know, they they, made, they got CDs. If you can't make it out, they've got low volume Go CDs. Go outside. No, I know, but but if you can't get there, let's say you want to just get, like you say, breathe deeper. Yes. I remember this one I used to listen to called Loon Lake. Yes. And it was nothing but a bunch of loons, but it, but it was so it was recorded in such a way that if you really listened to it, it was real. Like if you're in the city and you can't get out, maybe something like that could help. I think, you know, I have been really, you know, I live and breathe and kind of what interests me is human evolution. And I'm very interested in how do we optimize our current, how do people right now, how do you wake up tomorrow? And I can give you tools. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to order anything. It's not in the future. It could be, you know, starting it's now. Now, yeah. Right. So we, you know, circadian rhythm, our sleep, once it, once it, once it is interrupted, it's very hard to build back, you know, there's no bank of sleep. You don't make up sleep. You it's really, really important that we sleep every night to rest and reset our brain. Children who sleep less than eight to nine hours a night develop very serious mental health issues. There was a study that was published. I put it on my LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we, we know that people are not sleeping well because of the phones. So children should not have phones in bed. They will give you a hundred excuses. They need music. They need a clock. They can't get them a sound, take them to the store. And these are your options. You can get a clock. You can get a sound machine. You can get a music machine. That's it. Parents have to start being parents. I can't stress this enough. You can't 
parent and kind of say, you know, I don't want my kid to be mad at me. Because I think what we're taking away from them is first, you know, it's, this is how, by you regulating them now, they will learn how to self-regulate later. Well, you're, you're doing a huge disservice if you don't discipline. Right. I said to my one client, I said, you know, I said, your daughter, she expressed interest in babysitting. I said, great. Wow. You're halfway there. H have her do flyers, hang it out. And she said, I will find the first client for her. I will make it my." And I said, no. You know, I've been working with her for the last couple of weeks. And I was like, no, haven't you heard anything? I say, not you. She has to find that first job because you're taking away her um what was the word I her, used? her ability to, to do it on her own her resourcefulness her it's her motivation her it's it's her plight it's her getting older yeah right it's how she grows into that next stage of a responsible adult that so that's what parents are doing by allowing not only are you disrupting their circadian rhythm so if your circadian rhythm is disrupted and you're not sleeping well, you're not going to eat well and your body's not going to function well. And if you don't eat well, then you get tired and then you get moody and then you get groggy and then you get grouchy. And, and right. So there's a system and how we function best. Sleep, I think is really important. Nutrition is really important. Um, eat less food and more of it fresh. And I know a lot of people talk about budgets and money and everything is so expensive now, but potatoes and, and cabbage and beets, it, it doesn't cost a lot of money and you can grill them and you can make really healthy vegetables, grow tomatoes, go to a farm stand. You know, we can grow that in-house. There's a way to get access to healthy food. No, <laughs> there absolutely is. My, my garden is 25 feet by 25 feet. Right. I do cucumbers, cantaloupes, watermelons, peppers, beans, eggplant, tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, hot peppers, lettuce, uh, cabbage. You should taste my sauerkraut. You'd love it. I mean, um, that's life right there. Everything. I, 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 I've never done a garden in my life. And I started yeah. last year, this year. And it's phenomenal how much food I've learned how to can tomatoes. I've it's learned how to make dill winter. pickles. Yeah. All that in Russia, my my mom used to do it. If you go into a store, yeah, try to shop on the outer perimeter of the store. Once you go inside of the store, deeper you go, the worse the food gets for you. All the bread, all the you know, it's like, and you know, I've it's interesting because how I grew up, my my mom would bring a chicken home, and it would be a dead chicken, but it would it would be a full chicken with all the feathers. Yeah, so yeah the feathers first and then she would she would hold it over fire to burn that whatever left and then she would chop all the body parts off and then we would cook everything and eat everything we ate the brain the feet i never saw chicken the way i saw it here first in america all the body parts cut up like that i'd never seen anything like <laughs> you, that. you were used to the all natural yes okay. yes yeah. You know, and that's another thing. I never remember asking my mother what was for dinner because we really didn't have food or not a lot. We had food, but it, it wasn't a lot of it. And sometimes it was hard to get. There were no options, right? There was no fast food. There were no restaurants like it was here. So we just grew up in a very different way. 
And so here you have to help your kids. If, if you have a play date with a, if your children have play dates, I don't think they should have phones at these play dates. The reason they're on a play date is to presumably play with each other, right? Play games, run around, draw, make something up, watch movies, go outside, you know, play soccer, play basketball, play hockey, play basketball, play. But it can't be kids sitting in the room on computers, on the phones as a play date. You know, no, I, I hear you. Have you seen the the movie The Social Dilemma? I'm sure you have. Yes, of course. Yeah. You know, then that movie, uh, which I saw, if I forget who recommended, but I saw it a couple of years ago, and it just blew me away. And it, and it made me was when the first time that I started to really say, you know, if you have people that develop these platforms telling you that their own children don't use them, it, it's enough to make you go, wow. What's with this? There's but it's hard. You know, John, it's hard. I talk to parents, right? And they say there's tremendous pressure because the kids are bullied or they feel left out or they, they that's how children function today. And I don't, you know, I don't, you, I don't use Snapchat. I don't use TikTok. Um, I don't have any apps on my phone. I think that's another really important thing. Take all the apps and all the alerts on your phone. There's no reason why you should have all these alerts you know it's just it's it's a it's a trap right it's a complete trap and so these are little hacks that can really so if you leave the phone out of your bedroom if you get up in the morning and start your day a little bit you just have a little moment it could be 5 to 7 minutes right people people can start slow brush your teeth without the phone brush your teeth you know, go to the bathroom, take a shower, just start just few minutes. Let the body wake up. Right. You so know, I, it's all. Yeah, it's don't take this wrong, but it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're like a throwback to the simplicity of life and and you're commonsensical and you can tell by conversation and things that you've been talking about that you're actually thinking. And I, I got to tell you, it's a real joy to talk to people that you know are actually thinking for themselves. You know, we, we can think, we might be group thinking, but, but, but what you're talking about is something that, that we need to get back to, you know, and, and, and you're on the front lines, aren't you, of, of this kind of thought process? So on Sunday, I had a brunch. Um, I've had a bunch of days. I'm perfecting my model. I love to host. I love to cook. I live in a third floor. So I invited 20 people on Friday. I went food shopping because I had to bring all of the stuff up to the third floor on Saturday. I prep cooked, uh, which took about four hours. So I had to cut everything up. I had to set the table. I was really exhausted. I took a nap. And then on Sunday morning, I got up, I baked banana bread and croissants. And then people came at 12 and people left at six. Um, there were no phones. One girl had a phone, made a video of, you know, it was a really elaborate setup, beautiful food, really beautiful table, great guests. Because what I'm trying to kind of curate and create is, you know, I want, I want to meet people where they're at, as opposed to say, human interaction, you know? Yeah. I also want to meet people where they're right. So if I say to you right now, you know, John, I think you should start your morning with a 45 minute meditation and silence. That is unattainable for most of us, including me. 
Um, that's that that's just not where I live and it's not where I'm comfortable. And so, you know, I think we've been fed this, you know, this is how peace looks like, but it doesn't. It looks different to all of us. And so the way I find my peace is that I cook while I cook, I'll be listening to a podcast. And so it's 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 just something that I do. I find it very meditative and it's also educational. And then on Sunday, when people come, uh, they've been to my house, they know what I do, there's no phones allowed. Um, and what and so what I provide is when people walk in, everything smells really great because I bake the morning. And then there's flowers and the this like the setup is really beautiful. I'm you know, it's just like it's something that I do. People say that I should have a career out of it, but I don't want a career out of it. I just love to host. That's why it looks like that. And then I put the good food, right people, and then we just sit there and connect. And I have an inside and then I have a porch and on my porch, I didn't have music. And it was unbelievable just how much people like we just switched in groups. We kind of circle around in this porch and change groups and we talked for from 12 to 6. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, one thing that that I like what you said is everybody has their their interest and their unique skills. You know, one thing people always ask me, they go, you know, all these self-help books. We can go to the bookstore Barnes and Noble. I love books too. And people will ask, you know, which books actually work? What 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 techniques work? I've got I got this book and I did it for a month and it didn't work and you know, well, what did you do? Well, I did this and I did that. And then I found out this didn't work. So I always say, what works in your life, which you made me think about with the meditation, uh, it, it, what works is what works for you. That's what works. And and like you with hostess and cooking and getting in there and really loving the conversations, that works for you. Yeah, And that's why you love to do it. You know, I'm, you know, what, what that... There's so many good things. I got pages of notes. Being present without technology is the first thing I picked up on is being like you at the party without technology. One person filmed it, but there was a, a reason for the technology. I, I texted her the next day and I had asked her because somebody told me that she did. They knew that I would be really upset. And I texted her and I said, I would appreciate that you delete that from your phone because I don't know where we have come to live in this world to where I can walk into your house and just start filming. I find that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an invasion of privacy too. That's right. That, that's right. It's not. And then I said, if your sister and I knew she would, she would come back and say, she would say, I wanted to show my sister. And so I said to her, if you, I invited your sister. So if she didn't want to come and see it and be part of it, she doesn't see it. That's the, that's what, right. I, I do not live on social media. This is the event. It's happening now in real life. It's not something you see after. It's not something. And so we're so used to, Oh, let me show you where I was. And so that. <laughs> Gosh, I, I hear you loud and clear. You know, it's like, when Monday, yeah people texted me to say thank you or called and they were like holy moly it felt so good to be in these deep conversations or like get up and say i have to go to the bathroom go to the bathroom and come back and pick the conversation up because That's the group true. is still talking right they're not it's unbelievable i mean john 
I see it all the time when people go to restaurants, couples sitting, looking at their phones, they sometimes don't speak through the meal. It's and, and, and even groups too, five or six people, one table during lunch or something, they're all on their phones. And, and, you know, that's probably some of the best advice anybody can have or give is, yeah. That's addiction, right? If we were smoking cigarettes and we would be going out to smoke a cigarette every few minutes, you would say that person smokes a lot, right? There are smokers that smoke a cigarette a week. No problem. No problem. It's bad for you, but no problem, right? right. There are people that drink a Coke when they go out. It's terrible for you. It's sugar. I don't advocate that people drink soda, but no problem. But if you drink seven Cokes a day, it's innate, right? So I think somehow because of the phones, because of this constant, there's this, it's 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 just more. I want to get more light. So it, it's it's this something is really off. And the only way I think, like the way I see it, um, that this could be fixed is from within. It's and it's from people like you and I seeking each other out, talking about these issues and helping people with real um solutions solutions right you don't have to buy a new you don't have to do anything you just have to be right and that's the project b that we what project and so it's so hard for people you know i run the whole be bored platform i've been talking about this for you know creativity innovation lives in a space of empty Creativity and innovation does not live in the mind that is going from Twitter to Facebook to Snapchat to Twitter to Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Oh, look at this. That's not, that's not what we create. That's chaos. It's an organized chaos, which is, which is created this really unhealthy environment. And so what I talk a lot about is kind of, again, Nothing I've said so far has been earth shattering. It's all the things we used to do. I think we're missing kindness. I think we're missing kindness because we have parents that aren't observing the world and teaching children to seek kindness, to help. You know, I was, I went to pick up um, some bandages at a pharmacy the other day, and it's a cute little pharmacy in Mount Pleasant, and there's no parking there. And I was pulling in. And there was an older couple in a fancy white Audi with a rooftop looking for parking. And I said, excuse me, right? They had, it was top, like a car without a top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like convertible. Yeah, convertible. And I said, I'm just running in to pick something up. You can have my parking spot when I get back. And they both looked, they were like, thank you. And, you know, I ran to the pharmacy. I picked up the Band-Aid. I paid for it. I ran back. And they looped around and they took my parking spot. This morning, I went to Trader Joe's and I was walking back with my cart. And this woman was also walking back with her cart. And I turned to her and I said, want me to take you back? Want me to take this back for you? She was so shocked that I was even speaking to her. And she said, oh, that's so nice of you. And, you know, I'm walking and I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's nothing. <laughs> I'm capable of so much more. But that if I was on the phone, I wouldn't see her 
next to me dragging a cart. If I was on the phone, when I walk out of my car, if I didn't leave my phone, you know, I'm going to the pharmacy, no emergency is gonna happen in the next four minutes. I promise you. If I was on my phone, you, you know, you get out of the car, slam the door, I wouldn't see that couple. We see and it all the time. I, you know, there's a woman that walks the neighborhood. She's always got her phone in her hand with the earbuds in. And she just every day, she just walks by. You know, she's not hearing anything. She's not talking to anybody. There's she's no just like that in, in every neighborhood. There's many of yeah. them. Yeah. 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 I just, yeah. I live in a very rural place now. I, I left the bigger city, you know, down in Florida. We're up here in this rural place. And it, it's like a huge, deep breath. Now, I can literally hop in my car, go to the grocery store, find a parking place, go through one light, pass 15 cars, and it's nine miles away, and get anything I can get when I'm in the bigger city. And if I need something really, you know, I can be in D.C. in an hour, or I can be in a bigger city in 20 minutes. Yep. It's lovely. So, you know, what you you've given so much... I'm telling you, this has been like a, a lesson in reality is what I'm calling it. And what I'm, what I'm getting here, there's so much. This is a way, ladies and gentlemen, if you're here still with Anya and me, this is a way to live your life again is what I'm seeing. I mean, there's so many hot topics here. Exercise, nutrition, how to be resourceful, how to get your rest, how to interact with humans, how to have a real conversation. How to uh, uh, learn learn simpler things, the things that really make your spirit come alive. Uh, critical thinking, reason, logic, awareness, increased awareness, uh, just a healthier lifestyle all the way around. You in know? more time, in more time, it's it's unbelievable if people have a system. And they stop start getting off the phones, delete the apps. You know, that's the first, the, the mindless scrolling. And then you end up, you know, out of 100 days a year, give yourself back the 40, the 50. 50 days a year, that's almost two months vacation, two whole months. That's incredible. You know, I, I heard that about being stuck in traffic. You know, the average person's stuck in traffic for an hour, so seven hours a week you know, uh, 28 hours a month stuck in traffic, but being stuck in traffic because I used to commute, you know, this is why, you know, so, you know, I know the audience doesn't see this, but all these books I read in the last two years. <laughs> right. So when I drive, I listen to books on audible. Most of what I do is listen to podcasts and then whoever I love in the podcast. That's one I way of doing it for book. sure. Yeah. So it's so while so there are things that you can do to expand your mind. Social media is not one of them. You know, and this is interesting. This is the first show because well was originally uh, one of the, one of the uh, one of the things we wanted to do was help men to be better men. But the reality with this show and with what you're doing is how to just be a better person and have a better life. Um, I think yeah, men, I love that. I think we need better. We need better systems. Uh, we cannot, you know, men have to stop buying into this idea that they're not great men. 
So stop buying into that bullshit. I don't know if I can curse on your podcast. That is, you know, we we have that's not a curse word. I don't think you know guys like Harvey Weinstein existed always. Okay, there was it's it's not the first one. It's not the last one. I don't know how we now define men. Men that you know you talk. I'd like to see women talk shit about men when there is a mouse in the house. You know, it's the basic things. We don't realize what men do and that and what men used to do. Protect women, protect our honor, protect families. So we now live in a world where all of that is shifted. You know, we're blaming men for a lot of their failures of society. We're facing a societal issues. We need better women. We need better mothers. We need mothers that are less distracted. We need mothers that are less distracted with the phones, with social media, with how it all looks. We need mothers that are interested and invested in their families, in their husbands, in their children. So it's a, you know, it's a societal issue. I, I feel, you know, men are not standing great right now. That's why Jordan Peterson is so popular because he talks about virtues and values and personal accountability, which doesn't just apply to men. It applies to all of us, you know, and I'm, we talked about this the other day. Listen, a lot of stuff in life depends very much on how we grew up. And, and I, and I, I understand that I'm an uh, example of that, et cetera, et cetera. But right now we live in the United States of America. It is the most freest country in the world and it is incredible. And so the opportunity here, you can literally have four arms here and two feet if you wanted to. And so getting a job, making sure you're educated, starting, you know, John Mackey, the Whole Foods founder, he had a great article the other day and he said, you know, all the Gen Z, all the, everybody wants to be, you know, they all want to do purposeful work. They all want to change the world. You don't start the work by changing the world. You work up to finding that purpose and meaning. That's probably the best advice anybody can you, you know, that's the whole be you, be present, be you. If I, let's just say I'm on you, right? If I was on you, here's what I would be telling, you know, based on what you do, I would say, find and seek real human connection. Engage in real conversations, have real communication, be present, be you, and work on building a non-digital culture in your life as well. And I'm thinking if you were to do those things, if we were to have this, the Anya Peshko course listening to you that's what they those things would be the beginning and the start like what you just said it starts with the individual it doesn't start with the collective no it starts with you and then find people i think it's really important for people we are the sum of five people closest to us Find people who support you, not people online, not in chat rooms, not with these weird names, you know, Bob 654, real people who will meet you, who will give you advice, who will kind of will want you to succeed there. You know, we need each other. And I think right now there are a lot of people that are struggling. So those of us 
that have the time, that have Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat accounts, find someone you can mentor, change your life. If you go into any community in anywhere in America right now, there are, there are illiterate children in our schools. An hour a week um, can change the mentee's um, success rate by like 236%. It's a really astronomical number. I volunteer, I'm gonna plug something. I, I'm gonna, I volunteer for an incredible organization called Be A Mentor. It's a communal, it's, it's a community platform that helps local kids and matches them up with mentee, mentors. And we set up reading programs and we play with the kids and we just kind of, you know, bring a little hope into very impoverished communities. And so that's how people can change the, their own existence. And I think also that's how we can start changing and impacting the change that everyone wants to see in the world. That's fantastic. Volunteering. I can't say enough about it, but let me look at you. Let me see you. If do you have, <laughs> you're funny. Do you have a, what is your, what is your mantra? Do you have a, do you have a personal mantra that you live by? I know be you, but, but do you have like, like a, a saying, or a quote of yours or somebody else's that you live by that you every day when you get up, is there, is there, what drives you on you? What drives you? What, what's that spirit? You know, I, you know, we haven't talked about this and we obviously don't have the time to talk about it now, but I've had, you know, I, I've, I've had incredible experiences with psychedelic treatments in the last year that I've been here and God has never spoken to me in as loud and as direct as he has in the last year. And God kind of, I, I feel that God wants me to spread this message. And the message I have is a message of love and it's importance of real human connection. When people go out of their way to lift someone else up, and the reason I'm so against technology is because that is a very narcissistic system, which draws us far, very far away from that. And so I wake up, you know, I consider myself very blessed and very lucky, although I by no means, you know, I've had a very, you know, rocky life, but I'm grateful. And I think... <clears throat> You know, I rely on myself. I I think of myself as a hero. I'm a I'm a I'm a fighter. I'm a warrior, and that drives me. You know, I have a lot of people who I've been working with in the last year, and my my coaching practice has grown because my message is of strength. It's of positivity. It's of connection. When I work with couples, and you know, they'll complain and to me whatever. I always say compromise, give in, let you eat, right? So it's, I push people to connect more, forgive more. We need to come together. And I very, the reason I say all this stuff and the reason this is my mission is because I think I'm feeling that loneliness. And so what feeds me, what energizes me is that hope that one voice can raise awareness 
and pivot, you know, literally tilt the way in which the world is heading right now. I think we need a lot of love. I think people need to have patience. I think people need to seek people out who they have different uh, difference of opinion with and reason and try to understand, you know, without, I think people should stop having conversations online and talk in person, talk on, on Zoom, talk on the phone. You know, I think we need to get back to humanity. I think we're in real trouble right now. Before AI takes over, before we're told what to think, which is already happening. Yeah, I uh, couldn't agree with you more. And that's what we said at the outset of this, this particular conversation is that everything that you're involved in now, your mindset, the experiences you've had that have brought you to this place, this, this present place here now, are all things that that are so badly needed in the world today. And, you know, like you talk about those experiences, I've also had those connections uh, in, in the psycho, in the psychedelic world. And there is, there's, a, there's, there's a lot going on more so than what meets the eye. And it comes from that internal spirit. And I think that, it, that you are a warrior. And I think that you have a brain that is, uh, has definitely logical and, and, and using reason, deductive reasoning, but also the part that you mentioned about love and the part that you meant, and I don't mean the creepy kind of love that, you know, that the no, world embraces. Start for love. Something divine, more divine, and, and 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 the hope. And without hope, when we lose hope, then there is no, the, humanity will have nothing. Um, and There's so- no Without hope. When I said you were on the cutting edge, you are on the cutting edge. You're on the front lines. And, and I know that wherever you go, you will and you are making an impact. You know, I know we'll have more conversations in the future, but I uh, we're, we're coming to the end of this conversation. But all I can say is I appreciate your time. Uh, we'll have all the all the information on how you can reach Anya. Maybe you'd like to share that right now, how people can reach you. If they're interested um, in learning you know, more, I have, I have a site, projectb.com. It has a lot of information. I've compiled research over the years into what the technology has done, why, how it was developed. And, you know, so if people want to go there, that's great. Um, my course is on Teachables. It's also really great. Um, and then people can reach me at anyapechko at gmail.com. That's you great. There, right. And so we're, uh, and, you know, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your work more than you know, because it, it is just nice. To, it's refreshing to talk to. Yeah, I know we're using technology. I get it. But it's refreshing to see and to hear real good content and information. We're having a real conversation. And we also didn't say one uh, virtue signaling word. You know, it's like this is a real, you know, we have a real conversation. Yeah. And, and that's another subject, but, you know, I'm so happy for you and I, and I'm blessed certainly to have met you, you know, through the, through LinkedIn and, and the internet, which is technology, but there are ways that technology can be used in a positive way. And this is one of them. Let this be an example. And to the listeners out there, if we didn't have you listening and using technology in a positive way, then we couldn't have a show. So thank you for listening. Uh, to, to well because it means a lot not only to me but the, the guests that we have on our show and Anya's doing some awesome stuff and I, I, I can't wait to watch her 
change the world one person one day at a time. Thank you so much, John. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Well. Without you, we don't exist. There is no show. We hope the men who joined us today learned some valuable tips to improve and not be ashamed to use them. Be the change, men. Set the example. Keep going. And for the women leaders out there, keep creating and keep helping us men to become even better men, more effective leaders. Thank you. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and lead. Thank you.